More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters— with new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Biden files, a little bit more on that. We have two congressmen on here tonight, Scott Perry, Lauren Boebert. We're going to talk to Brian Dean Wright. Why is it getting spicy in Brazil? All that's coming up on I'm Right. Yesterday, we let off the show talking a little bit about the Biden documents and why it's not going to go anywhere legally, and we'll get to all that in a moment. But I really don't want to gloss over this little thing, the Ukraine thing. Now, I realize that there's currently a war going on there, and people have all taken sides in that war. I hate Russia, I hate Ukraine, I hate them both, whatever the case may be. I've told you my thoughts on it several times. I'm not going to belabor that point. Let's focus on a different aspect of Ukraine, beyond the Russia and Putin and Zelensky and all these other things. Let's focus on things we know. We know some things about Ukraine. We know that Ukraine is one of the weapons, illegal weapons, illegal arms trafficking capitals of the world, okay? We know that Ukraine is one of the human trafficking capitals of the world. That's not an, none of this is, I'm not trying to insult anybody, not that I'm worried about offending them. These are facts that we know. These are stuff that we've known for a while. It's one of those Eastern Bloc countries that simply has struggled with corruption for a very, very, very long time. Corruption in various forms. Government officials, government officials in the private sector merging. It's, it's, it's one of those places where we always have to keep our eyes on it, or at least we did before, and figure out, okay, what's wrong here and what's wrong there. But 
I can't help but notice something with this whole Biden files thing. You see, we talked to Megyn Kelly about it yesterday, and what we know is the Biden files had info about United Kingdom. Okay, so UK had info on Iran. All right. Also had info on Ukraine. Now, I think that raises some questions, some questions that we should demand answers to. Not because it would be unique for the president to have information on Ukraine. After all, there's a big war going on there now. We're sending billions of American dollars to that war. It's not that. We should demand some answers to these questions because of Joe Biden's deep ties to Ukraine. And I realize he's been coached by this point in time on what to say about the whole thing. Four years after being vice president, I was a professor at Penn. Uh, they found some documents in a box, in a locked cabinet, or at least a closet. And as soon as they did, they realized there were several classified documents in that box. And they did what they should have done. They immediately called the archives, immediately called the archives, turned them over to the archives, and I was briefed about this discovery and surprised to learn that there were any government records that were taken there to that office. But I don't know what's in the documents. I love that. I was surprised to learn that there were any documents taken there to that office. <laughs> just say, hey, just being honest. Just speaking off the cuff, Joe. Okay, but let's circle back to this. Hunter Biden. I, I know we know this, but we have to bring this up again. Hunter Biden sat on the board. You know anybody who sits on a board? Let me tell you a little something about it, because I know a guy, actually I know a couple guys, who either are on boards or their wives are on boards. And this is how it generally works. One of them, well, well I'm not going to go into the details of it, but this is how it works for his wife. You see, his wife, she got appointed to sit on a board of this major company, major company. And I was just curious, what does that look like? I, I don't sit on any boards. I know you're going to find that shocking, but I'm not, uh, not welcome in the boardrooms. I don't sit on any boards. But what, Okay, so what does it look like? You sit on a board. Well, you know what it looks like for her? This is just one situation. I'm sure it can vary quite a bit, but I've heard similar stories. You know what she has to do? Four times a year. Once every quarter, she has to go to a meeting. Oftentimes, that meeting is a retreat. Now, you should know that we're talking first-class travel, five-star resorts, a retreat being you go to some luxury resort for a week out in uh, Las Vegas or in Aspen or something like that. Of course, fly first-class private jet sometimes. Four times a year, she has to do this. She goes and sits down for a few days, a week long, all expenses paid, by the way, food, drinks, everything. And she has to go over, go into some meetings, okay? So sounds like pretty light duty, right? Quarter million dollars a year. $250,000 a year this woman gets paid for four trips, four meetings a year. Sometimes it's not a trip, actually. Sometimes they just meet for in the fancy boardrooms here. But again, not exactly heavy lifting. That's what sitting on a board is. Lots of times, that's what it is. Hunter Biden's son, Hunter Biden, I mean Joe Biden's son, is a lifelong drug addict, a complete disaster of a human being. 
And not only is he a disaster of a human being, Hunter Biden has no experience in the energy sector and the gas industry whatsoever. So in that horribly corrupt country, Ukraine, we were just discussing when a corrupt company, it's known to be corrupt, Burisma, hires Hunter Biden on for $83,000 a month. Again, not heard of, that's what they do, with no experience whatsoever. You, the American citizen, are obligated to ask why. And then we have the latest revelation here, because remember, Joe Biden had a prosecutor fired. He admitted it on camera. He fired a prosecutor, actually bragged about it on camera, fired a prosecutor who was looking into Burisma, that company his son worked for. He did that while he was vice president. And now Joe Biden has documents related to Ukraine in a private office where he's not supposed to have these documents. And I think it's perfectly acceptable. In fact, I think it's something we should do to ask, what were these documents about? What's going on there? There's enough ugly connections between the Biden family and Ukraine to ask that question. And I am thrilled to see the Republican-controlled Congress has already signaled that they intend to investigate this whole thing. And let me clarify something for you. Speaking of the Republican-controlled Congress and investigations and impeachments, we'll get to that in a second, and things like that. You're going to be seeing a ton of that now, investigation after investigation after investigation. And I want to caution you against something. If you're a normal person, which you probably are, if you're a normal person and you miss the country you used to have, you miss living in a relatively normal place, and and you really just want, you want everything to work the way it used to work. And you kind of want everything to calm down. It's too much noise out there. Everything just calm down. When Republicans start doing all these investigations, you may be tempted. You may be sucked into the whole, oh, can we, no more investigations, guys. That's what Democrats do. Let's just legislate. I just want to just no more wasting time. And let, let me caution you on something. Yes, lots of these investigations will tangibly be a waste of time. There's a Democrat Senate, there's a Democrat president, or a Democrat DOJ, are these things going to go anywhere? No. But it is really, really, really important that we cease being the bill bar, there won't be a tit for tat party, and we have to be a you did it to me, so now I'm going to do it to you party. That's not some childish thing. Oh, we shouldn't be that guy. We'd want to be above all that. No, no, no. If we want these people to stop weaponizing the government, stop investigating every single Republican we can find, if we want these people to stop using every ounce of power they have to attack their political opponents, then we have to respond in kind. Because again, you're not dealing with Democrats, with liberals, with lefties. You're dealing with communists. You're dealing with people who only understand fear and pain. That's all communists have ever understood. These people, none of them, they're never going to wake up one day ever and say, <clears throat> guys, we've taken this investigation stuff too far. It's gone too far. Look, I don't feel right. We got to back off. They're never going to have that moment. The only chance you have at ever getting them to stop doing what they do is for them to wake up and say, oh gosh, now they're doing it to us. Hey man, maybe we shouldn't do this again next time because I, I don't want to be investigated. Hey, let's, let's back off here because they're going to they're gonna do it to us. 
That's your only chance to stop them. And remember, they're not, they're not done with Donald Trump yet, speaking of all this stuff. You hear him on MSNBC? So I think, I don't know if this is the end of the beginning or the beginning of the end, um, but I think we're going to enter a new phase where we will see criminal charges out of Georgia with respect to the former president on this aspect of what he did to overthrow the will of the people. I've been warning you about that for quite some time. I actually agree with that idiot there. I, I think we will see criminal charges, if not out of Georgia, then federally or both. The communist is not going to back off on things like that until we make him feel fear and pain. Legally, right? All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I am right. We have a ton to get to. We have two Congress people on the show tonight. Brian Dean Wright is going to join us next and tell us why is it getting so spicy down there in Brazil? You seen these Brazilians? They're storming the Capitol. We'll get to all that shortly. Before we get to that, let's get to this. Let's get to trust in your institutions, particularly your medical institutions. I know that trust has rotted away. Mine certainly has. I've told you a thousand times to vet your doctor now. You shouldn't trust these institutions. Part of that is taking care, better care of your health than you have been. And I'm not some health freak. You know, I've never been that guy. Eden Pure Thunderstorm is taking care of your health and the health of your family. It's this little air purifier, just this little black box. It goes right in the outlet in the wall. And yes, it's, I love that it, I love that it fixed my allergies. I love that. I love more that it kills viruses and mold in my air constantly, constantly cleaning the air in my home. They have three packs for sale for $200 off right now. Go to EdenPureDeals.com, promo code JESSE, get you a three pack. Keep one where you sleep, one where your kids sleep, one in the general living area or kitchen or somewhere. EdenPureDeals.com, code JESSE. We'll be back. Each morning, the President of the United States receives a highly classified briefing on the most important issues facing the country. It's called the President's Daily Brief, or PDB. It's delivered by America's spies and analysts. Well, now you can hear your very own PDB in the form of a podcast hosted by me, Brian Dean Wright, a former CIA operations officer. Each morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, I'll bring you 15 to 20 minutes of the most important issues facing the country giving you the critical intelligence and analysis you need to start your morning. Muita gente, muita gente lá fora, pessoal. Muita gente lá fora, pessoal. Não conter o povo. What is going on in Brazil? They seem upset. It's been days now of people storming places. You know who, who we should ask? Former CIA ops, current host of the podcast. It's blowing up everywhere. President's Daily Brief. You should be subscribed already. Brian Dean Wright. Okay, Brian, I don't know anything about Brazil. I know they speak Portuguese, which is weird. It should be Spanish. I don't understand. But it's getting awfully spicy down there in Brazil. And I'm not just talking about the chicks for once. What's going on? 
it's very spicy. Oh my goodness, yes. But well, we could have a whole brief just on the ladies. God bless them. But the in the meantime, yes, yes, the country of Brazil. Let's talk about that. So there was a, an election here not too long ago between two very different people, one conservative, one very liberal leftist, we might say. And in fact, the leftist won. De Silva is his name. So the last president, the conservative, left the country. He's now in the United States. And his supporters are not happy about this radical leftist taking control of the country. And so about two or three weeks ago, they all started organizing on social media saying, let's go to the Capitol. If we got to storm it, let's do it. So the federal government of Brazil knew that this was happening. They just thought that they could control it, and they couldn't, because it turns out there were tens of thousands of people who stormed these buildings. So now we have ourselves a problem in Brazil, which, by the way, is a very important trade partner of this country, especially for folks in the ag industry. We send a lot of equipment down there, places like John Deere, et cetera. So this is a big deal for a lot of factory workers and, and folks in this country, even if you don't know it. That's why we talk about these things on the PDB, because big connections to all of our lives. Okay, uh, we send ag equipment to Brazil. What do we get back? We buy a lot of different products from them, particularly uh, agricultural products, uh, soybeans, for instance. So they do have a, a, an export market to the United States. So we should care, too, for, uh, in terms of the products that they create for us. Why are these people mad, Brian? Are they mad just because their guy lost? Was it a shady election? I know they've had one or two of those in Latin America. I, do, I don't yeah. know. I'm curious. Why are they so mad? So it's, it's twofold. One, if you knew that this guy, uh, in fact, was convicted and went to prison for corruption, which he indeed did, and then he's now going to run the joint, you'd probably be a little bit upset. So that's the first piece. The second is the fact that he represents a pretty radical leftist uh, you know, sort of ideology. I might also offer that some people do believe that there were problems with the machines during the voting process, some allegations of impropriety around tinkering with those systems. So I think you put those different pieces together, you probably have a very combustible situation, and indeed we do. Okay, let's go north of Brazil a little bit. Joe Biden, Canada, they had a meeting, Mexico was involved. Anything come out of that that I should care about? Yeah, a couple of things. First, on the uh, immigration front, look, the, the conversation was, again, that we need to get to the root causes of illegal migration. So you heard all these three men say, we need to fix El Salvador, Honduras, Guatemala. We got to create basically a new generation of leaders, get rid of the corruption, get rid of the poverty. And then that's how we will solve the illegal migration problem. Right. But that's a pretty sort of absurd thing to say. I think most reasonable people would say, wait, you're going to clean up the corruption of places like El Salvador and Guatemala? Well, in the meantime, what do we do with all the tens of thousands, millions now of illegal migrants coming up north? That's the issue, I think, that's, that's big on this one. The other thing that they talked a lot about was trade. Of course, there's something called the USMCA that unites these three countries. And that is all about basically re replace something called NAFTA. But what we're finding out today is that, in fact, the Chinese are taking advantage of this trade agreement. It's supposed to just benefit the workers in North America, but the Chinese are sending their companies to Mexico, taking advantage of, of this uh, great trade agreement where they don't have to pay tariffs. So that's a great deal for Chinese companies to kind of sneak their way into the American marketplace using this USMCA. No lot, there wasn't a lot of conversation about that, but we should be talking about that. China sneaking their way somewhere else. I saw they struck a deal with the Taliban of some kind. That's freaking wonderful. What they what are they dealing on? 
Yeah, so they made a very, very big deal, $500 million deal with the Taliban. They're going to explore an untapped oil and gas field in the very far north of the country, next to the border of Tajikistan. So this is a, a big deal in that they're going to get about $150 million a year for the next three years. That is to say the Chinese are giving this to the Taliban. Then it's going to increase up to $500 plus million a year thereafter for 25 years. That's the, the, the nuts and the bolts of the deal. But... The big, big money on this one is if there is a natural gas field where they're exploring, which indeed there is one in Tajikistan, the question, does it does it extend into Afghanistan? Well, if it does, then that is a major gusher for the Taliban. Then the question becomes, what do they do with all that money? Well, we know in the past they'd like to sponsor jihad, both regionally and globally. So we could be looking at a serious, serious problem here in terms of Islamic terror raising its head in the years and decades to come. Uh, Brian, uh, let's stay on that for a second, because the Taliban, I, I'm not familiar with what are they going for as a government? I know all the news. I know they're radical Islamists. I know women aren't allowed to go to school. I know it sucks. Like, I, I get all that. All that stuff is built in. But I, when I think of the Taliban, I think of obviously a radical group of basically tribal fighters. But now they're in charge of the entire nation. Are they building a legitimate government? I hate to even use that word because they suck, but are, are they building a government? Is that, is that what they are now? What are they doing? Well, they are certainly trying to become more, certainly more legitimate in the eyes of the people. But I think if you really step back and you look at their ideology, the goal here is to create an Islamic caliphate, not just in Afghanistan, but to create an entire globe full of people who are Muslim and follow very, very strict Sunni beliefs of that faith. So they have been knocked out of that uh, the sort of goal here in the last 10, 20 years because of our global war on terror. But now that they have this home base reestablished, that remains their goal. Their ideology hasn't changed. So now you combine the ideology with hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars, particularly with this gas field. Now that is a very, very combustible combination. So right now, yes, the Taliban is slowly getting back to the point where they can govern that country. Hasn't gone well for them for the past year, but they are getting better. Now with all of this additional money, they can get back to what they really want to do, which is jihad. Okay, you said that it hasn't gone well for them. Are there still opposition forces of any significance within Afghanistan, or is it just the Taliban's country now and we should write it off? So two very small groups. One we definitely don't want to associate with. It's ISIS-K. Uh, they are about two, 3,000 different uh, fighters. They absolutely hate the Taliban because they want them to be even more radical, more extreme. So those are definitely bad guys. There's another very small group of folks that we used to work with. They're up way, way north. Uh, they're probably in the low hundreds in terms of fighters. So that is who we connected with back in 2001 to start the, the war in Afghanistan. There are still some small pockets of resistance, but not many left. All right, well, that's bad news. Okay. On national security, Joe Biden gets busted with classified documents. I'll be honest with you, Brian. I wasn't shocked when Trump got found out with them. I'm not shocked with Biden getting found out with them. I just assumed yeah. this was something every president did or vice president did. Slip a few trinkets into a folder or a box on the way out the door. And I just, I just assumed this was something that happened all the time and it wasn't a big deal. Am I wrong? Well, it's not supposed to be that way because it is a big deal when you are taking classified information where informants around the world are putting their lives on the line to give us that information. And then we have our politicians who are willy-nilly just throwing that stuff around. Yeah, it's, it's definitely bad. But you're right to say 
that there are a lot of politicians who don't understand the gravity of that situation. They get a little bit of, of ego and hubris around, ah, who really cares? Or, you know, it's mine, right? It doesn't really belong to the American people. So there are two different issues, of course. Is the information declassified? President Trump is making the, the correct assertion that legally, constitutionally, he could do that. Biden doesn't have that same degree of, of authority. So that's the, the key difference here. But at the end of the day, I think reasonable people would say, I don't care what your party is, leave that stuff behind. You need a trinket, like go get an intern, take that with you. Like just stop it with this this Intel stuff. Leave that stuff behind, it doesn't belong to you, move on. Probably a good point. Brian Dean Wright, it is the President's Daily Brief podcast, less than 20 minutes every day. Thank you, my friend, congrats on all your success. Thank you. All right, we've got Congressman Scott Perry coming up next. You know what I'm gonna ask Scott Perry? I've got some hard questions for him. I'm gonna ask him for real about this subcommittee on the weaponization of the federal government. I want to know, what are they going to do? I'm going to ask him things like, what kind of wallet do you have? Does he have a GRIP6 wallet? I mean, I, I'm, I'm thrilled with what I've seen so far from Scott Perry. I am. He's been an outstanding congressman. Glad he's part of the Freedom Caucus. Glad he stood strong on getting some concessions out of the speaker. Does he have some crappy wallet? Because that's not acceptable. He could go to GRIP6.com. Promo code Jesse right now and get a steal on a Grip6 wallet. You know, the one where the cards are locked into the wallet. You can't get them out at all. Oh, except when you want to, you just squeeze and they come popping right up. You can get it with or without the loop. They have all kinds of different designs. You don't have to get my sweet American flag. You can customize the design. So if you wanted to get one like with my face on it or something like that, you could do that. Go to Grip6.com, promo code Jesse, get the coolest wallet ever. They also have socks and belts, dynamite. Grip6.com, promo code JESSE. We'll be back. The conversation with leadership begins. And remember, it's not leadership yet. We've already started asking them, what are you committed to doing? What are you not only committed to asking for, what are you committed to fighting for? And what are you committed to getting done, like, you know, how you treat us when you when we don't want to vote for one of your boondoggle things that the Democrats, half the Democrats support? What are you willing to do with Republicans that refuse to help out in saving the republic? We want to know that plan. And if we don't see some kind of a plan, well, look, uh, we'll see what the numbers look like, but we're going to hold you accountable and leadership isn't going to be so easy at this point. That was Congressman Scott Perry of Pennsylvania before all that speakership fight. A man that actually called his shot and followed through. Maybe Kevin McCarthy should have been listening. Congressman, one, I applaud you for actually standing for something. That's one. Two, what was it like during all that? I personally was a bit disheartened by the response from the GOP pundit class, all of whom who couldn't lay down like a rug fast enough. But you were in Washington, <laughs> D.C. What was it like? Well, look, it was brutal. It was unpleasant, Jesse. Uh, you know, I... I've done a lot of things in my life like you have that took me to the edge of what I thought might be uh, the end for me. But there was nothing like that pressure cooker in Washington, D.C. There's a very different, there's something very different about moral courage and physical courage. It was unpleasant, but I was committed to uh, the cause of changing, you know, the way things are done in Washington, D.C. so that Washington and the Congress actually fights for the American people. I, sit, I saw no reason that any, anything was going to change if we didn't force the change on it. And so, look, I tried, I, you know, I kept a smile on my face throughout it, but I was firm and I was clear about what we were trying to do. 
And I just kept like a dog on a bone staying after it and being realistic. And, you know, good things can happen if you got a good attitude and you stay firm and you're willing to fight for something. What has the response been from people in your district? Because I know everybody who resides in the Washington, D.C. metro hates your guts right now. I know everyone who brings you the news on the left and the right pretty much hates your guts right now. But the people are actually what matters. What have they been telling yeah. you? Well, it's like I told uh, Leader McCarthy. I said, you know, on all my campaigning, nobody said to me, Perry, we'll vote for you if you vote for McCarthy, right? Nobody ever said that to me. So people know that Washington, D.C. is broken and they want it fixed. Look, Jesse, you know everybody loves to go to breakfast and, and order up the sausage, but nobody wants to go back in the kitchen and see how it's being made. So I can tell you, not everybody was thrilled with seeing that process, but almost every person has been happy with the outcome. So democracy and you know this kind of representative government can be a little unflattering at times, but this is how it's supposed to work. It was great to see all 435 members on the House floor debating, listening, being, being engaged, being involved and having a voice. That's what it's supposed to be. And, and maybe that's shocking to people, but um, I think they got a new appreciation about what their government's actually supposed to be doing every day and what it has been doing probably over the course of most of their lifetime. I didn't dislike it. I thought every minute of it was fantastic. The best part of it was Congress wasn't in session, so they couldn't meet and blow all of our money. I, I wish you guys were still fighting out there. <laughs> well, that's a perspective often taken. You know, anytime you have a chance to adjourn, take it and, and quit uh, persecuting and stealing the American people's money. Um, and that certainly that was a perspective there. Look, we were trying mightily to show the right face and you know, we don't want to be cross with the people on the other side of the aisle. We certainly don't want to be cross with our own on this side of the aisle. But we knew that we had to get these things set straight before we could be unified around what we were going to do and then go execute it. Just telling everybody to be unifying, unified is not very unifying, right? That's a false sense of, uh, of security there because you're not really unified. And we would have spent the next two years fighting amongst each other. Now we're in a much better position to fight together against the left. Okay, you previously had your phone taken by the FBI. What's the update on all that? Well, the, upda the update is that the FBI has imaged that phone. That's what they did with it then, and they'd like to look at all of it. But, of course, we have objected to them looking at it because, if nothing else, I certainly have attorney-client privileges and more importantly for members of Congress, we have the protection of what's called speech and debate. I can't advocate appropriately for my represent or for my constituents if the administration is able to look at what I'm advocating for and then use it coercively against me. That's why that was set up so we have different branches of government. And so the the uh, the executive branch would like to trample all over that part of the Constitution like they have every other part, and we're resisting right now. Impeachment. That's obviously all the rage now. They impeached Trump twice over completely nothing. Should Joe Biden be impeached? There's no question Joe Biden's done a thousand things that are impeachable, not the least of which is holding classified documents. But at the same time, I don't want, I don't want to lose what's most important here. Is there an actual plan to impeach Joe Biden? Should there be a plan? Is that a waste of time? It's not like we want Vice President Dome to take over. What do we want out of this whole right. thing? I think what we want, Jesse, is the truth and accountability. So I think there's going to be a lot of investigations going on into China, into Ukraine, 
into Hunter Biden's laptop and whatever came out of that. And if we've got evidence that is uh, that is worthy of that to the American people, we still have to go make the case to them. That's appropriate. We're Republicans. We're conservatives that believe in the Constitution. We don't accuse people and destroy their lives just based on our accusations. But if the evidence leads us there, we are going to have to follow. We were duty bound to do that. I love that. All right. Now, for the big question, in my opinion, you may differ. That's fine. The most dangerous thing happening in the country right now is the administrative state turning its guns on the American people, specifically people on the right. Things like the FBI. We don't have a country anymore if this continues, if this FBI continues. What can we do? We don't have the Senate. We don't have the presidency. What can we do now with what we do have? What we have in this, uh, in, in this battle that took place over the last four days is now what's called the Weaponization of the Federal Government Committee, the WTFG Committee, which is going to go after the, all, all these uh, three-letter ac- three acronym agencies, the FBI, the CIA, uh, et cetera, that have been abusing their power, that are out of control, persecuting and intimidating the American people. We've got to get to the bottom of it. We're going to rip the lid off of it and look down in it and see how many rats and snakes are down in there. And look, again, the American people demand accountability. The government serves the American people, not the other way around. They are not accepting of it, nor should they be. And there has to be a reckoning long, long overdue. Amen. A reckoning. Congressman, thank you so much. Come back soon. I appreciate you. God bless you, Jesse Kelly. You take care of yourself. Appreciate you. Coming up next, another one with actual guts. Hottest woman in Congress, Lauren Boebert, is going to join us. Before she joins us, let's talk about that timeshare you're stuck in. You got a timeshare. You used it for a while, I hope. I've actually talked to people who never used theirs at all. That hurts. But you used it for a while, and now you're done with it, and you kind of just like to be done. No more. You don't want to pay for it anymore. You're done using it. And so you told them. Maybe you called. Maybe sent them an email. Hey, I'm done. And what'd they tell you? No, 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 sorry, sorry. You're locked in for life. Nope, this is yours. Legally, you are bound. And maybe you believed them, but they were lying because you were not bound. You are one phone call away from getting out of that timeshare. Yes, you too. Lone Star Transfer, 99% success rate. 18,000 timeshare owners have gotten legally and permanently out of their timeshare. This is a family business. A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. You're one phone call from freedom. Stop. You're not stuck. You are not stuck. Call them. 844-310-2646. The call's free. The consultation is free. You lose nothing. Pick up the phone. 844-310-2646. Or go to LoneStarTransfer.com. We'll be back. Even having my favorite president call us and tell us we need to knock this off, I think it actually needs to be reversed. The president needs to tell Kevin McCarthy that, sir, you do not have the votes and it's time to withdraw. And with that, I yield. Thank you. Some problems I have when it comes to the low TGOP. Why are most of the boldest ones women? 
And why are they most of them freshmen or close to being freshmen? Why are all the new people the only one with balls in this party? Joining me now, Congresswoman Lauren Boebert of Colorado, obviously the current champion of hottest women in Congress, and somebody who actually showed, showed real courage last week when everybody dumped all over you, including people on our side. What was that like? Uh, you know, I, I was I was ready for it. I was ready for the fight, whichever arrows came my way. And I'm not going to govern out of fear. I'm not going to govern by being pressured into doing something I don't believe is right. This was for the country always, um, despite the rumors that came out that we were doing something for personal gain or personal favors. Uh, you guys see now what we were fighting for. We were fighting for single subject legislation, germaneness rules on legislation. So you can't title a bill one way and load it with a bunch of garbage. Uh, we wanted 12 individual appropriations bills, which actually strongholds the Senate now. They have to adhere to our House rules when they are putting forward legislation. So with all the attacks that came our way this week, um, it, it just showed me that we were in the, headed in the right direction. Um, anytime that I've been attacked in the past, it usually is because I'm right. Uh, so I'm proud to have stood with my colleagues um, who were were there together um, in locked arms, you know, it got down to a final six, uh, but we left in, uni uh, in unison and it was a really a huge historic fundamental change in Washington DC for the people. You're in the belly of the beast, sadly a lot. I know you'd rather be in Colorado, but you're back there in the swamp. Is the GOP getting better, bolder, maybe a party with a pair, because they certainly haven't had one, but it seems like they're getting better slowly. Well, look, I would love to be in Colorado, but you have to be in the swamp to drain the swamp. And I hope that after all of the events that unfolded last week, we are coming out of this more unified and stronger than how we went into it. Uh, a lot of people were saying that it was chaos on the floor, uh, but Jesse, I'm a mom of four boys. Uh, chaos and dysfunction are part of my everyday life. There was nothing chaotic about this. <laughs> it was the most productive I've seen Congress since I've been here. And um, all of the debate that took place, I mean, God forbid if Congress actually debates who's going to be second in line to the presidency, uh, but with those debates and the conversations that we were engaging in with our colleagues, uh, that, that helped build relations uh, relationships. And I think it's going to help us moving forward. Uh, as far as the, the entire GOP being stronger and more forceful, more bold, um, I don't know about that, but there are enough of us who are that can help hold the line. HR 24, it's about the Federal Reserve. You're already working on it, what is it, tell me. Well, um, Senator Rand Paul and my friend Congressman Massey have been working on this legislation to audit the Federal Reserve for years, and it makes total sense. An agency with this much authority and sway over our economy should have complete transparency. This legislation would look behind the curtain regarding why certain decisions are made by the Fed, reveal who's pushing certain things in one uh, depiction over another, and would restore the trust of Congress and the American people in this institution. And Jesse, here's a good rule of thumb. If Congress wants oversight or an audit and we're told, no, you can't do that, then it is twice as important and urgent to get said audit done. These investigations and audits and things like this, we'll get to FBI stuff here shortly, but 
are, are they something that you feel the administrative state is going to worry about? Because up to this point in time, they've been laughing in the face of the GOP every time some of these things are brought up. You, of course, remember Christopher Ray pretty much giving Chuck Grassley the middle finger as he left on his private jet to go on vacation. It would be nice if the administrative state felt like they were underneath Congress where they should be. Is it going to get better? I think that they should um, be very worried about the investigations that are to come because we're going to expose a lot and it's not going to be like the um, Trey Gowdy show pony show uh, show pony experience that we had um, where we just have a bunch of political theater and there's no accountability in the end. Uh, we are going to see this all the way through. We just formed the Weaponization of the Federal Government Committee. Um, this is going to be huge in investigating the FBI and the weaponization of our federal government, going after parents um, who just want to say in their children's education, calling them domestic terrorists, um, looking into the cover-up of Hunter Biden's laptop and, and labeling it as um, disinformation or Rus Russian disinformation. Uh, and now we get to um, have a peek into what was ha what was the vice president of the United States doing with classified documents? He has no authority to declassify documents and, uh, and, and why they even withheld that information until after the election was over um, seems pretty common for them. But I, I think they should be very worried and uh, on edge about these investigations because we are absolutely taking it seriously. And we have our heaviest hitters looking into it. Speaking of the documents, I'm not going to spend a long time on this, but Ukraine, uh, obviously Russia, Ukraine, everyone has an opinion on this whole thing. But the Biden family has a whole ugly history there. Everyone knows about Hunter Biden's job at Burisma and Joe Biden getting a prosecutor fired. And now part of those classified documents contain information on Ukraine. Are we ever going to find out exactly how wired in this crime family is in that part of the world? That's exactly what I hope we find out, um, because when you hear Biden and Ukraine in the same sentence, it's never good. Um, they've been prioritizing Ukraine over American citizens. We have a wide open southern border, as you know, complete invasion. And we are sending billions and billions of dollars to Ukraine and don't even know where it's going. Uh, and, and so there's a lot of... Um, really weird dealings that are going on with the Biden uh, family and Ukraine, and, and we have to expose what's going on there. That right there is a national security threat, unlike debating on the House floor over a speaker, as some said last week was. Uh, the news of the day is the FAA is having some problems. Here's Rear Admiral Buttigieg on TV looking lost. I just spoke with Buttigieg. They don't know what the cause is. Well, now that uh, the system is up and running, our primary focus is to determine that root cause. And I've directed FAA to figure out exactly how this happened. This is an incredibly complex system. Uh, so uh, uh, glitches or complications uh, happen all the time. We're absolutely positive this was not the result of any nefarious activity, either domestic or foreign. We're not prepared to rule that out. Okay, so he's lost. But that's the thing. Yes, that guy sucks. Everyone knows that. But everyone in this administration seems to suck. From dome on down, no one seems to be qualified. No one knows what's going on. On top of being complete ideologues, these people are all lost with no life experience at all. Of course he doesn't have any idea. Right. Well, this is what happens when you hire people with a woke agenda and identity, on identity politics. 
Mayor Pete had no business um, being put in this pos uh, position as Secretary of Transportation. This, this, he had no right to be there. No um, jurisdiction. No, um, and, and nothing that uh, qualifies him to actually be in this position. And um, everything has failed under his watch, as it has with so many other people in this administration, uh, because they don't actually hire the best and most qualified for these positions. They want to win those woke points. They want to get the first um, ethnicity and gender or non-gender or whatever the heck they want to say uh, in these positions. And that's all they care about. And then, you know, I mean, you end up with people who you know, just steal luggage as a hobby from airports instead of actually mm -hmm. dealing with the issues that our country is facing. Um, so uh, this is this is just another failure from the Biden administration. And I hope that people are paying very close attention to this because we have an election coming up in two years and we can reverse all the destruction that they have caused on our country. Yeah, well, maybe he'll figure it out. You know, might get to the bottom of it. Congresswoman, thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thanks so much, Jesse. Mm -hmm. All right. We have light in the mood. Next. All right, it's time to lighten the mood. And you know that I do this TV show. I bring it to you right here on the first every single night for an hour. And I have the radio show, the Jesse Kelly show, for three hours every single day. So I have all this news and all this material at all times that I'm consuming and figuring out and trying to figure out what's right so I can bring you a good show every single night. So as you, as you can imagine, my mind, it works on some pretty heady levels, right? I'm thinking way up here at all times. And I was thinking last night about chocolate milk. Is there any better drink than chocolate milk? And maybe you're, maybe you're an adult right now. Maybe you're rolling your eyes. Maybe you're thinking, oh, that's a kid's drink. When's the last time you had a cold glass of chocolate milk? Have you ever in your life, have you ever gone to the fridge and you pull out some whole milk, it's nice and cold, and you pour it in there and then you get the chocolate syrup and you pour a generous amount in there and you get it all stirred up and you're drinking it. And as you're drinking that heavenly chocolate milk, have you ever once said, oh, you know, that's not very good. I, I think I'll have water. No, you haven't. No, you haven't. Chocolate milk doesn't get the love it deserves. In this country, you can go to any single restaurant. And oh, would you like a soda? Oh, we get a Coke for you here. Oh, would you like a beer? Would you, would you like this? Why isn't chocolate milk on tap? Have you asked yourself that? It's probably big soda keeping them out. See you tomorrow. Each morning, the President of the United States receives a highly classified briefing on the most important issues facing the country. It's called the President's Daily Brief, or PDB. It's delivered by America's spies and analysts. Well, now you can hear your very own PDB in the form of a podcast hosted by me, Brian Dean Wright, a former CIA operations officer. Each morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, I'll bring you 15 to 20 minutes of the most important issues facing the country giving you the critical intelligence and analysis you need to start your morning. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael 
to the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.